a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in, in the flesh and blood of Jesus. And he uses that, those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed. We were adopted as sons of God. Uh, I think... Oh, huh? 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 <laughs> oh, oh. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? Welcome to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Boy, do I have my finger on the pulse of our audience. <laughs> Why is that? That's because that's what they're all doing now, too, just waking up from the bump. Good thing you yeah, got that too, long though. bump. <laughs> well, yeah, waking up. This, by the way, Evan, is what 6.30 in the morning looks like. Or, sorry, I haven't 6.50 in the morning. Never mind, we were scheduled to start for 20 minutes ago. I haven't seen this since Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The sunset? What's, what is the sun? I mean, uh, sunrise? What's the sun doing coming up like this? I thought it just started in the middle of the sky. <laughs> All right, in uh, today's Table Talk Radio lineup, we have Ten Commandments in the News. Do you remember this game we used to play? It's I, called oh, yeah. Google It. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember the Google It. I, we had to talk about, how does that game go again? I forgot how, how we play that We one. Google something, and then we talk about what the answers are? Oh, yeah. That, that, I, by the way, Googled, uh, what did I Google? Evan Gagline, who wants to date a pastor? <laughs> oh, good. Look forward to that then. And then after that, yep. exciting game we're going to play. Uh, bumper sticker and church sign theology. So, um, yeah, you could probably just tune in next week. That'd be all right. Yeah, don't worry, Jane. Run away. Yeah, I mean, keep running. Yeah, no <laughs> treadmill warnings at all. <laughs> Those of you who exercise uh, while while um, listening to Table Talk Radio, you're safe today. Yeah, no, uh, no danger. No at all. danger. <laughs> okay, uh, let's then start Except with some falling asleep theological what buzzwords. What if you fell asleep while you're running on the treadmill? You wouldn't be on Let the treadmill that. longer. Let me Google falling asleep on the treadmill. Don't worry, I got it covered. I'm doing our. I got the crack research team going here while you do your buzzword. Okay, the theological buzzword is where we uh, define a theological term, and then the point is to work it into the conversation sometime during the show. My theological buzz phrase for you is two natures. Two natures. Two natures. And this refers to the two natures of Christ, that Christ is um, has uh, is, is full God, uh, 100% God, 100% man. Uh, and these two natures, natures are uh, united in the person of Jesus. Uh, so um, we affirm that, that Christ is both fully God and fully man um, uh, uh, at the same time. Uh, yeah. Uh, my uh, buzzword for you is infallible which means unable to err. And we make a distinction. We talk about the scriptures, the infallibility of the scriptures. And the nice distinction to make there is this, um, is that the um, uh, the scriptures are inerrant, which means they do not err, and they're also infallible, which means it's impossible for them to be wrong because God can't uh, tell a lie, as Jesus says. So um, 
uh, so the difference you can have something that's not divine but that's inerrant for example uh, Evan could tell you what he had for dinner last night you want to hear that everyone no but he could tell you still and he would be if he was telling the truth his statement about what he had for dinner was beer brats inerrant what's that beer brats really yeah hmm. uh, uh, who cooked those beer brats I did, did you have to cook for thank yourself? you very much yeah. cooking for yourself <laughs> Poor guy. Anyhow, I bet you didn't uh, have beer broth last night. <laughs> I had uh, Papa. Papa. Uh, uh, we went to the Papa for dinner. Papa, Papa Murphy's. John's. Oh, Papa John's. Papa, Papa John's. We hadn't had Papa's for a long time. It was Andrew's birthday last night, so we went to the Papa. Took us to dinner. Anyhow, uh, uh, that would be in, inerrant, but it would not be infallible because Evan could make a mistake. Now, the scriptures are both inerrant and infallible, which means that. Uh, it's a confession of who wrote them, namely the Holy Spirit. So, infallible. Very good. We also say we have other attributes of the Scripture. So, inspired, inerrant, infallible, efficacious, that means they do what they say, clear, that means clear, and last, awesome. Those are our attributes of the Scriptures. All right. Remember that? I, I do remember that. That's been a while. All right, I was just looking at a uh, an email. We got tons of emails, <laughs> and by tons I mean like three. Uh, yeah, that's right. Telling us each uh, listener has sent one and a half emails. <laughs> one point five emails per listener. That's the national average for radio shows. Right, and um, uh, telling us that this uh, Casting Crown song that we crunched is is actually a hymn. Yep. Yeah, uh, so we, I guess we we don't have to retread that. Uh, uh, but here's we covered that last time. Wake up, heaven! I'm just Remember saying the last that we. Show I was I'm tired? just saying that all of our listeners, all of our listeners, have commented on that. Yeah, that's nice. Thanks, guys, for pointing it out. Like, wait, how could possibly something make it to the cruncher? Oh, they do a little background investigation. <laughs> it's like getting an NFL player and putting him on a college team. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to run a him through the cruncher. You guys caught us, called it, I don't know. I mean, honest mistake. We didn't know it was a him. So. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Okay, uh, here's one, though. Uh, this is from Neck. He says, uh, hello, I'm a blogless Calvinist. Wait a minute. Is this real? I know. It's questionable. I don't know if this is real. Questionable. I'll read gotta, it anyway. I don't know if you how you get a Calvinist card if you don't have a couple of blogs. <laughs> Nick says, I'm a Anyhow. blogless Calvinist with a question regarding apostasy and its relation to baptism. Assuming God gives such wonderful gifts in baptism, why does he not also provide the means of future instruction in the faith? I say this as a former Catholic uh, who from personal experience knows what it is like to grow up in a home without any Christian instruction. Unfortunately, my experience is by no means an anomaly. Any thoughts on this? I realize that this may be a Calvinistic waiting where God has not spoken, uh, but it is truly troubling for someone looking into Lutheranism. All right, so what do you what do you say to Nick? Why doesn't in baptism God also uh, provide the means for future instruction in the faith? Um, yes, it's a good question. Uh, and uh, it, the reason why it's a question for a Calvinist is because the Calvinist has the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, uh, the teaching of the holy headlock. Uh, once God's <laughs> like the Incredible Hulk, and once he's got you, he's not going to let you go until you pass out. Uh, now, that's kind of obnoxious. You're sorry, obnoxious. Calvinists. <laughs> In general, generally speaking, you're obnoxious. It's true, it's true. But they have the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, and the reason is because... Uh, for the Calvinists, the overriding theological construct is the strength of God. 
the glory of God, the power of God, the sovereignty of God, they like to say. But that means God is strong. And so he even when he comes in, his means of grace is coming in strength. So how are you going to get out of that? I mean, you can't. Now, we have, uh, so that, that also, by the way, is why the Calvinists have another letter in there, which is called Irresistible Grace. That's the I in the tulip. Um, so you have Irresistible Grace, and then you have to have the perseverance of the saints. What, what we see in the scriptures is that um, the means of grace, and so God's grace in general, and in fact, Jesus, uh, when he comes to save, is resistible, fantastically resistible or horribly resistible, however you want to say it. He is resistible. He comes to us in meekness. See, your, com- your king comes to you lowly. So the way that Jesus comes to us is um, in humility and in lowliness to save us, even to die on the cross. So when he comes to us in baptism, he comes with his great gifts and promises, but he comes in, uh, in weakness there. The same way he comes in his word, in his supper, Uh, In his grace, he comes to us in highly resistible ways. What this means, then, is that it is possible for for us to resist the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible calls it. Uh, Or to to fall from grace. That's another thing the Bible calls it. Because we're constantly tempted and troubled by the devil. Now, the Lord Jesus gives us promises that he is um, uh, able to keep us from falling, that he's able to protect us, that he holds us, that his mercy is there for us. Uh, So we have these two different um, uh, teachings in the scriptures. The first is that we are safe in the Lord's mercy, and the second is the warnings that we would fall uh, away from his mercy. How you sort that out is a matter of law and gospel. But I think the key thing for the Calvinists is then to, to realize that when the Lord comes to us in baptism with his promise of forgiveness and, and actually forgives us in baptism, as well as when he comes to us in, in the word and in the Lord's Supper through our whole lives to nourish us, uh, this is a fantastically resistible thing that he's, he's doing. Um, why he does it that way, uh, well, that's up to him, but that's just how he does it. I remember talking to someone about this uh, uh, once saved, always save uh, theology. And, um, you know, you have examples, uh, plenty of examples of someone who, you know, grew up in the church, spent some time in the church, and all of a sudden they, they're just like, you know, rabid atheists against the faith. And you, and you want, okay, well, how does this how does this work with once saved, always saved? The answer you'll get is, well, that person was never really saved to begin with. Yeah, it's and kind it's of like, frightful, isn't it? Ugh, well, then, ugh, how do you know that you're not a future you know, atheists. You know, how do you know that you're really saved uh, at this moment? Um, yeah. So, so this whole this whole thing is is really disturbing. Yeah, that's right. Now, it doesn't um, it doesn't take away from the Lord's gifts that they come to us in humility. In fact, I think it extols them because uh, because God comes to us now in this kind of great gentleness uh, to forgive our sins, and we rejoice in that. When He comes in strength, it's for our destruction. Right. Okay, well, coming... There's something else about baptism lasting our whole lives, too. Maybe we'll mention something like that on the other side of the break. Okay, we'll figure that out during the break. And then after this, we're going to play Ten Commandments in the News, followed by Google It, and last but not least, Bumper Sticker Theology and Church Science Theology. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Tell 
Table Talk Radio, where theology meets immaturity. Yeah! I'm ready for the show now! Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Why are you, you getting me so, so pumped up? Why do you get so excited over there? Oh, this used, this was the song you wanted for your theme song. Oh, that bumps for that you, now. Brian Thorson. I remember. He said he was oh, okay. going to boycott our show if we used that as the bump. <laughs> Wait, I have think some... seventy disco. He said, "I'm out of here, man." I said, you don't even really listen, anyways. <laughs> Wait, I have, I have something for you to hear. I want to vote for the new uh, bump music or theme yeah. song, uh, whichever it is. Um, I like Evans better. Uh, so <laughs> oh, my vote would be for that one. That's not his. Is not new. <laughs> that totally confused me. I want to vote for the new bump, Evans. That's like saying I want to read you a passage from the Bible. Now here's a here's a verse from Moroni. <laughs> oh, come on! Does it make sense? <laughs> that, that's the worst analogy I've ever heard. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is that analogy as bad as you're, your bump? You're just you're just mad because the listeners didn't want your theme song. By the way, by the way, that reminds me of something. Maybe I shouldn't mention this. I should mention this uh, that uh, you know how I sell baptismal certificates. Um, I heard this. Remember that? Yes. Uh, we got the new one. It's a uh, color, which is pretty awesome. Ooh. A color baptismal certificate. You know, I think I would still like the old black and white version. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Anyhow, if you have the um, if you're interested, then give us a give us a ring. WolfsonCreative.com is. Yeah, does this mean I have the... to have a color printer in order to print this thing? Well, you could print a color certificate in black and white, but then it wouldn't be color. <laughs> Look, everything for you is black and white. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Other people want life a little more, you know, lively. I'm just so we got the color that, certificate. Hey, I'm just saying that not everybody has a color color printer laying around. So. I know that's why we have the black and white, and in fact, the black and white is cheaper. The black and white is thirty-five bucks for unlimited forever prints until the Lord returns. The color is fifty bucks for unlimited prints until the second coming. How much are they with CPH? Oh, cheaper, much cheaper, ten dollars <laughs> plus shipping and handling. Ten dollars each. So if you do, have to have five baptisms to make it worth your while. Oh, okay. Well, in the rest of your ministry forever. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll see. I'll see. Probably uh, the way it goes for you. <laughs> probably just buy it. Go ahead and buy the ones from CPH, but yeah, at this rate. Okay. Yeah. Who wants to date a pastor? That's I thought you had one more for. thing. More, uh, concerning more baptisms. Our last. Segment. Oh, yeah. So speaking of baptisms, uh, the the you know, the other thing to note is that baptism is not a. It is a one-time event, but it has what we say a durative reality. Is that what we say, or did I just make that up? I've I'm not never sure. heard that before, but I like it. But it, what it means is, is the baptism matters um, forever. So, uh, the, one of this is one of the errors of the Catholic Church is that, uh, that I don't know if they still hold to it. They kind of get wishy-washy on this, but it, they used to say that baptism would cover you for all the sins you've done up to that point, uh, or it washes away original sin and and also uh, all the sins you've done then. But then, once you sin, and this is what Thomas Aquinas said, wait, yeah, Thomas, that after the baptism has shipwrecked, we cling to the plank of penance 
so to get hmm. to get the forgiveness from the sins that uh, are committed after baptism, you got to go to a different sacrament. We say no, no. Baptism can uh, uh, is it it puts us under the umbrella of God's justification. It places us uh, squarely under the flood of the blood of Jesus for all sins committed, past, present, future, etc. It puts us. Um, it puts us. It puts us in the word, the Lord's word of justification. So we live daily in that. In fact, Luther will say in the large catechism that the Christian life is nothing other than a daily return to baptism. That's repentance, where the flesh is put to death and the new man rises. Uh, at different times for different people, normally later than this for Evan. But anyways, the new man rises uh, in faith, trusting in the gospel. So that baptism has a... Um, is a lifelong thing. Tertullian, remember Tertullian, the church father, Tertullian, who hey, went wacky? Hey. But he said a few good things. The, maybe the best thing he said was this, is that we are little fishes uh, who follow our big fish, Jesus, and uh, and the devil knows how to kill a fish. It, it's by taking it out of the water. So that we as Christians live daily in the font. We live daily in the waters of baptism. Got it? Got it. That's all. Uh, all right, so what are we doing now? Take me on to the news? Sure. Okay, do you have a, an article? No. Okay, I have a, a news clip. Uh, here it is. In just about three weeks, thousands of people will head to downtown Minneapolis for the Basilica Block Party. It's a huge music event that's also a big fundraiser. But there's a controversy brewing this year because of what some say the Catholic Church as a whole stands for. Five Eyewitness News reporter Jessica Miles is live in Minneapolis with why they're so upset tonight. Jessica? Jennifer, the signs are up here outside the church. This event is all about music, food, fun, huge crowds, as you mentioned, outside this historic church. But the gay marriage debate may actually take center stage here this year at the Basilica Block Party. Partners Jason Wormager and Alex Zachary don't really consider themselves outspoken when it comes to organizing events. But they did create this, a Facebook page titled Say No to the Basilica Block Party. And in its two-day existence, it's already gaining fast support. Um, but this was really just to bring awareness. And Wormager says he wants people to think. The state will be voting on an amendment to ban gay marriage in November 2012. The Catholic Church is against gay marriage. The Basilica is a Catholic church, and it's that association that troubles him. This specific event at the Basilica is not against gay marriage. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that. It's the bigger picture of where a lot of their funding money and whatnot goes to, and that just isn't right. In its 16 years, the Basilica Block Party has raised more than $3 million. The Basilica issued a statement stating the money raised benefits two areas funding Basilica renovations, and supporting the poor through outreach programs. People we talked with say it's a great music event that's good for downtown businesses, and that's the bottom line. It's just a fun, good way to get people downtown Minneapolis. And if that didn't exist, then that's one less thing where people are spending money and getting out and, you know, helping the economy. Nobody from the Basilica would talk to us on camera about this today, but did say that the party will go on as scheduled the second week in July. We're live in Minneapolis tonight. Jessica Miles, 5 Eyewitness News. Well, they've come a long way since John Tetzel. <laughs> True enough. I thought your favorite part was how they uh, they started to stop well, the Basilica like party on Facebook. Facebook. Page. <laughs> I'm 
going to protest this I, by making a Facebook page. I thought you were all a big fan of Facebook now. No, no, no. Because you were told you couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say this. I, I begin. You'd be surprised how many people ask me, and even some of our listeners emailed in asking me if I'm going to get a, a Google Plus. Yeah. And I will say this is the closest I've ever been, but I think I, I think I dodged the bullet still. Yeah, yeah. Because I was so also <laughs> told that I can't have a blog, and uh, I, I figured if I just get a blog, then I don't need Google Plus. Yeah, that's right. I don't. Uh, or um. Were you were you told you shouldn't have a radio show either? I wasn't, but uh, maybe that they falls into the same category. Well, it does, but but I think um, people know Log, that nobody, radio, nobody listens Facebook. to the radio show, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, go do a radio show. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. Get off Facebook Knock and do a radio out. show. That's about right. <laughs> Knock yourself out. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> All right, so now we got to talk about the Ten Commandments that are at play in this uh, news story. Uh, this is a nice one. You've got a lot in here. Um, so here's the basic gist of it. The Basilica in, in Minneapolis, right, is having a block party where they just have a bunch of bands play and people come and probably you can eat a, you can get a turkey leg. Have you seen the turkey, like Attila the Hun turkey legs I've had that one they of always those. have at the fair? Oh, yeah, those are great. Yeah, uh, so uh, and you probably go to Turkey Leg and you walk around and listen to music, and then the Basilica gets to you know spackle the roof or whatever. So, um, right, and then but now there's a big protest, uh, and it's not. And this is the logic we're protesting it because the Catholic Church is against gay marriage, and the Basilica is a Catholic church, <laughs> <laughs> and they're having a block party. I wonder if they if this. Uh, Against the block party thing, why don't they go and protest the Sunday service at the at the church? You know, why protest the block party when they could protest? You know, because be they, they're being a church because there. they can get more Facebook fans of their page on for a block party than Sunday. And no, no, who goes to church on Sunday? Hey guys, Fair join enough. my Facebook page against Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm against Sunday morning. You're going to start a Facebook page just being against mornings. I think. <laughs> I'm against everything before 8.30. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Now, now, now that I'm in a, a time zone west of you. I know. You're all bitter about it. We used to. You looked, what did you I look at it. my schedule this morning? It says, you've got something at 5 o'clock on your schedule. 5 o'clock a.m.? Is that a mistake? A yeah, but, you're, but then you're going to bed at 9 p.m., so. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <sighs> Time to roll. Now, the uh, you got 30 seconds the, here. How, how's the nightlife, by the way, in Rogue River? Rocking, rocking, awesome. <laughs> so, uh, gay marriage—that's uh, that's fourth commandment issue and sixth commandment issue: family and sexuality. Uh, the the uh, church there um, is actually upholding the commandments. Now, the Catholic Church is doing a fairly decent job in its teaching, trying to uphold the law. Now, that's not saying much about their upholding of the gospel, but. They'll sit there and say, hey, by the way, guys, shouldn't kill babies and men should marry women, and that's fine. Now they get, of course, the world, which is living in disorder, goes against it. Um, so you got Fourth Commandment issues, you got Fifth Commandment issues, you got Third Commandment issues, that's teaching always in the Catholic Church. You got Seventh Commandment issues because the economy comes into this and any sort of discussion of money. And uh, always when we mention Facebook, you got the Eighth Commandment issues, uh, not misusing someone's name. All right, Google it right after this.
Here we sit. We can do no other. Table Talk Radio. Check my email, got an invite to a website I don't know. Looked like Google Buzz at first sight, but my friend said that's a no. Why did we need another social network? Doesn't Facebook work all right? A new thing for me to learn. Could take all night. What is this Google Plus? <laughs> I don't need Google Plus. There's another plus one and another plus one. What is this Google Plus? Hey, what's this red thing here? Go away, Google Plus. <laughs> Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Google it is the game. <laughs> Do you have a Google Plus account? Apparently. You do? Yeah. What do you mean, apparently? You don't know? I, I mean, I got one. I always don't you, do ev- don't you spend is... every waking moment on your social networking sites and reading blogs and and all this stuff? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. All this, I How mean, all this blog? pastoring, all this pastoring gets, really gets in the way of my <laughs> blogging. Do you still, do you still blog? Yeah. Oh. I sent out a bunch yesterday. Really? Oh, I, but my blog is just an employ for media so I can get people to buy baptismal certificates. <laughs> Don't tell. <laughs> now your secret's out. <laughs> oh. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So the way Google it works, we Google a word or a phrase, something of interest uh, in theology, and then we are, are reporting back to you uh, what is out there on the World Wide Web and why you should read the Bible instead. Um, okay. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah. My uh, uh my Google it is two natures. <laughs> All right, you will get three points. What? Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, a- here's the first one that comes up. Carm. You know these guys at Carm? Oh yeah. Christian yeah. Apologetics uh, and Research Ministry. Right. I heard of them. Who's behind that thing? Probably a bunch of Calvinists. Should... No question about that. Let me <laughs> pull up the writers thing here. But now they they come up first. Uh, two natures. So. Um, Jesus is the most important person who's ever lived since he is the Savior, God in human flesh. He's not half God and half man. He's fully divine and fully man. In other words, Jesus has two distinct natures, divine and human. Jesus is the Word who was God and who was with God and was made flesh, John 1, 1 and one fourteen. This means that this, in the single person of Jesus is both a human and divine nature, uh, etc. Here's a little note here. Um, God is the radiance of God's the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word, Hebrews 1.3. Jesus' two natures are not mixed together, Eutychianism, or what do we call that also? Um, oh, no, that's not Calvinism. They are not combined into a God-man nature, monophysitism. Mm-hmm. They are separate and yet act as a unit in the person of Christ. That's called the genus apostolis modicum. Uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. The union of two natures of Christ. That's not bad. Uh, here it says the following chart helps you keep the two natures of Jesus in action. He was worshipped, uh, and yet he worshipped the Father. He's called God. He's called man. He is the Son of God and the Son of man. He's prayed to, and he prays. He's sinless. He's tempted. He knows everything. He grows above, etc. Hey, look at that. They have a they have a little section here on the com- communicatio idiomaticum. 
Nice. Um, here also. That was written by. That was wasn't that phrase, communicatio idiomaticum, or idiomatum, uh, phrased by, uh, 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 spun by our buddy Martin Chemnitz. Oh, very nice. Said that first. Anyway, that's not too bad. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do you see anything on there you take uh, take issue with? No, no. Uh, but here, here. So you go two natures. You go down a few on Google, and um, and then the question quickly becomes: Does a Christian have two natures? Which is an important kind of question. Mm. So, does a Christian have two natures? Two natures and child of God, uh, etc. Look, here's a blog called Two Natures. Uh, wonder what that's about. I'm against blogs though, but probably selling something. Um, I'll check it out here. I'm, All right, what's yours? What do you got? Oh, I, okay. I was gonna. Well, actually, I was gonna go back to your the question: Does um, a Christian have two natures? Um, and the answer is yes, but in a different way than than uh, we talked about the two natures of Christ. Um, so is this, is that what that the that article is getting at? Does a Christian have two natures: a, a old sinful Adam and a a new man? Is that mm-hmm. what it's going at? Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. And then it, you could just you know insert. Pitbull analogy here, and then we'll, we'll be set. <laughs> yeah. What do I always say that Christian has two wills? I don't know if <clears throat> I, two I, I wills. Do not know yeah, what that's the better. Is. Yeah, that's right. No, it, I think between saying two wills and two natures. I think that's more precise, know. though, because uh, I guess you don't really have two natures, do you? Um, yeah, that's interesting. You have the we'll sinful have flesh, and that. you have the new man. Uh, I don't know. Get the Calvinists are good at parsing out the words. <laughs> Yeah. Get on it, Calvinists. We need need you to help. (laughs) First time I've ever said that. (laughs) All right. uh, Probably the last two when we get the emails. (laughs) I googled the word baptism, and um, one of the first results, because first you have Wikipedia, and then you have the um, Catholic Encyclopedia, which is interesting. We could could go there. But the one that caught my eye was um, bebaptized.org. And it says, uh, the kingdom of heaven is here. And it says, when asking, what must I do to be saved? We must also ask, what is the meaning and purpose of baptism? And it says this, the work of the cross is God's offer of life. Baptism is our acceptance. What do you think of that? Say it again? i got to think about it. The work of the cross is God's offer of life. Baptism is our acceptance. Oh man, okay. Yeah, mm. not, not a fan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you wouldn't this like this on Facebook. <laughs> the fundamental question um, about baptism is who does it? Who's doing the baptism? And um, and this is the this is the theological divide. I mean, we say clearly that baptism is the work of God. I mean, after all, it's His name that's put on us. Uh, he, um, he 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 purified his church, washing it with water and the word. That's the work of Jesus. Uh, Ephesians five. Uh, this has baptism now as our doing, our accepting. So the cross God does, and then we see. See, this is the whole kind of revivalistic thing that we have in the United States. The cross is God's work, but now we have to accept it. Now, I mean, there's a way. There's a way that that's right. Um, in that. Uh, Faith is the believing in God's word, but faith itself is not our work. See, that faith, yeah. that accepting, is not up to us. Yeah, it's kind of a difference between an, so, uh, an active or passive view of acceptance. 
Because um, I think you can understand the word acceptance in, in a passive sense. Um, but just because of the overwhelming use of the word accept in the active sense, I try to avoid it altogether. Um, okay, so I clicked on this little link. It says baptism is, and there's like uh, 30 lines of baptism is. Let's go through these, and you can tell. I'll get your feedback. Okay, okay. baptism. Go, we'll see how fast we can go. Okay, baptism is how we get into Christ. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I can't go fast. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say true because that's in, uh, in baptism you put on Christ. Okay, uh, again, Not I true. think there's an uh, active or passive uh, understanding of that. Right. If, if under, baptism understood rightly is God's work, but okay, yeah. good. Okay, baptism Next. is always accompanied by faith and repentance. <laughs> <laughs> This is see. I guess we can't go fast because again, that's true. But you have to understand that baptism uh, is actually bringing the gift of faith and repentance. I'm afraid that the person that wrote this is kind of is is going the opposite way. Baptism brings this, uh, but what they're so faith and repentance are actually an extension of baptism. But what they're doing is that they're making it a condition of baptism. See. Mm-hmm. So just read on the on the surface, the statement is true, but I think it's um, if we understand what they're getting at, it's it's false. Ugh. Okay, what about this one? Baptism is my head hurt already. <laughs> Baptism is God's terms of surrender. Ugh. This whole business of surrender, I gotta we gotta sort this out. And by the way, we have to sort this out quickly before Thursday night, because um, because uh, I gotta talk about this with a bunch of pastors. This idea of surrender. Uh, cuts both ways. So there's the mystical surrender, and then there's the biblical surrender. Um, the biblical surrender. Uh, take up your cross and follow me. If any man uh, desires to save his life, he'll lose it. But if he uh, loses his life for my sake, he'll he'll keep it. Um, so there is this sense of um, of laying. We lay down our lives for Christ, and yet it's not this. Um, uh, it's not this, I, I dump out my soul so I can be filled by some other spirit sort of thing that, that the mystics want. Hmm. How, do, how, do you make that dis- how do you make that distinction? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. Um, maybe during this break. It's, there's a dis- but I'm, I'm just having trouble putting words on it. I need to, I mean, I just, I just need you guys to know what's in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one thing that you hear commonly uh, concerning this whole baptism thing is that you, uh, um, they, people will point to all the you know conversions and acts and say, look, um, repentance or faith comes first, and then baptism always comes comes second. Um, and uh, why? Sure, I'm okay. This is uh, one of those distinctions that we make of, of something being descriptive rather than prescriptive. Uh, so it's true. Uh, we see it happen all the time. But look, we also have uh, these mandates uh, that that we would um, baptize and teach from 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 Jesus, and that is prescriptive. That that is where that's where God is not just describing the historical act of what happened, but telling us what we should do. Um, so this is our understanding of, of baptism. We're right back to play bumper sticker theology. Don't go away. I use Google. I use Google. can see my place from outer space and I 
really are listening to Table Talk Radio. You've got a new bumper sticker on your car. You've got a new bumper sticker on your car. It says Jesus is living in your heart, in your heart. You've got a new bumper sticker on your car. Well, I saw you in traffic yesterday. Yeah, I saw you in traffic yesterday. I pulled up on the road and I started to pray. But I saw you in traffic yesterday. <laughs> That's how it usually works. I see a bumper sticker and then just become a Christian. <laughs> it's pretty funny how the bumper sticker is an advertisement for your new nature. <laughs> yeah. But then your driving is the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so there, you, you have you have uh, Samuel Usaset Picotta right there. This, this, oh, this is good. <laughs> yeah, you to, you... on your car. <laughs> Does the Christian's car have two natures? <laughs> That, by the way, is uh, putting a bumper sticker advertising your new nature is a definition of what the, the Greek word in uh, uh, in the Bible is, hupokrato. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the mask. <laughs> anyway, just saying. All right. Um, bumper sticker theology and church sign theology, this is where you send us all of your uh, favorite bumper stickers and church signs, and you send it to... Uh, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or you can give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. Uh, so I have a few of these. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. So now our thing is, by the way, when I Googled uh, Evan Gagline, who wants to date a pastor, you know what came up is uh, our <sighs> show. <laughs> if you would be a little less disinterested in this whole proposition, we'd be getting somewhere by now. Anyhow, uh, the show where we talk about the worldview of who uh, Jesus is my homecoming date. <laughs> so the way the bumper sticker works is they're manifestations of worldview. And somewhere I've got a list of worldviews that we're working on. Let me try to find that. I want to vote for the new uh, bump music or theme song, uh, whichever it is. Um, I like Evans better. All right. Um, That's, that gal has it's kind of a nice voice. Do you know if she's uh, married? <laughs> I think she was voting on the the theme song, not dialing into to the, <laughs> the the other. To, who wants to date a pastor hotline? <laughs> They're the same. Careful, single ladies, you call in. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the usually usually um the who wants to date a pastor hotline is usually pretty tied up. It's hard to get through actually. <laughs> um, so I I, I only give a whole lot to worry about. Okay. <laughs> Here's one of the the uh, uh, bumper stickers or church signs. You finally signs. played along, and it was pretty funny. One eight hundred three eight five Sola. Here's here's the message. Solo. From the pietist mecca of the world, Ocala, Florida. Church sign. A lot of kneeling will keep you in good standing. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. Really? A lot of kneeling good will keep thing. you in good standing. I, I'm just glad that you know the church is, still has some wits. <laughs> I mean, that's what people say. You know, that church is full of hypocrites. They always ask for money, but at least they are funny. 
<laughs> yeah, is that what they say? That's important. No, I don't think they do. I, I, you don't think you don't think people roll their eyes when they drive by that? No, 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 no. They think, oh, that that's pretty humorous, and I feel like going to that church because it's so humorous. Well, or they may they might say, wow, that's really that's really profound, really insightful. You know, I've never thought about it. a lot of kneeling really keeps me standing. Hmm. Um, deep thoughts. This uh, you know, remember that deep thoughts by Jack. Uh, what is it? Handy. Yeah. Deep thoughts on church signs. <laughs> hey, you know our buddy Hans Feeney picked up on the whole church sign thing, and he made it on uh, Wretched TV. Yeah. With his uh, with his little Lutheran satire video. I, by the way, am against satire. He's getting quite a quite a number of uh, views on his YouTube. I just, I mean, I, I don't uh, watch this regularly, but I, I did the other day, and there's like thirty thousand views on one of them. I'm not jealous. I am. <laughs> you know, instead of <laughs> instead of uh, setting out to be in competition with Kirk Cameron, we should have, you know, even just even with our own denomination, Hans you know, Feeney. Hans Feeney, yeah. Oh well, we'll have to have him on the show. Remember when we had him on our show when he was just a newcomer? That's right. It's like having an an autograph uh, from a, a baseball player before he's known. <laughs> that's right. Look at that. He was still in AAA. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, this is wrong, by the way. Uh, uh, bending your knees is not keeping good standing with God. Um, faith does. Uh, faith. Yes, that's right. Uh, faith we Christ. stand before God not on our own merits. And remember, praying is a command. Second commandment, by the way. Mm-hmm. Pray. Uh, we keep uh, right with God, not by our keeping the law or failure to keep the law, but by the death of Jesus. That's how we stand before him. Correct. Here's another one. Hi, this is Will from New Jersey. I wanted to report a couple of bumper stickers on the same car. Uh, there's one bumper sticker that says, Quakers, no bingo, plain lingo. And next to it is a what bumper the... sticker, Dennis Kucinich for president. <laughs> What is that about? <laughs> Quakers no bingo? What? Quakers. I don't even know what to say about that. We don't, we don't even have a category for that one, Will. Sorry. Um, here. <laughs> I mean, I bet that's a big that's a big seller, that, that bumper sticker, you know? When you're in your little bumper sticker factory and you're like, I know I'm going to be a hugely popular bumper sticker. Quakers no bingo. We got the lingo. Yeah, kind of like the Table Talk radio bumper stickers. It rhymes. Yeah, has it, have we sold a bumper sticker? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got we've sold a bumper sticker or two. Um, Man, I'm still we waiting for someone to. You can go buy ridiculous things. I'm we still waiting for someone to buy the maternity that. T-shirt. I don't know why that one. No, didn't you offer one. to buy that for them? Yes. Look, <laughs> no one look here. Let, let me just put the steps in order. Let's just work backwards, okay? Okay. You have there's a pregnant woman that needs it that will be willing to wear the Table Talk Radio. Bumper sticker. Now let's work backwards from that, and that is, you oh, wait, wait. She's have found wear, wear now a wife. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that means you have gotten no. married, which okay. means that you have purchased the T-shirt. You got to work backwards if you want. If you want to end there, you got to start here today working. I on think this. the real reason no one has taken us up on that offer is because they fear for their child's safety prenatally. I'm um, going to make a bumper sticker that says for you, single pastor. Uh, that's okay. All right, here's the here's the next one. Hey guys, uh, driving home from work and I'm behind a pickup truck that has a bumper sticker on it that says, "Keep the Ten Commandments." Oh, that I could. Uh, <laughs> and 
there also was a big, huge billboard in our little town in the panhandle of Florida uh, with a similar message, uh, keep the Ten Commandments. Uh, thank you guys for all you do. Bye. All right. Keep the Ten Commandments. Yeah, that's pretty simple. I mean, that's all right. Keep the Ten Commandments. What it probably means is keep the Ten Commandments on the courtroom wall. Don't you think that's what it means? Oh. That's what they're saying. Hey, don't rip down the Ten Commandments. Keep the, keep oh. the Ten Commandments in the statute. Keep the Ten Commandments in the court. But w- the way that uh, the caller was uh, 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 expounding on it was that it's a command for us to keep the Ten Commandments in our own lives, which is so it, it kind of uh, goes both ways. Yeah. Um, um, which is uh, which is true. Have we talked about the I mean the Ten Commandments in the courtroom kind of stuff? I think so. Okay. Good. Because I don't, I'll go back and listen. Because I don't, I'm not 100% sure what I think about it. So I'll go back and listen to what I thought about it a few months ago. <laughs> it is interesting that uh, we, we fight tooth and nail to get the Ten Commandments in the courtrooms or wherever else, public arenas. And then you walk into a church, and they have nothing, <laughs> no religious symbols in the church whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. I, mean, it's a little... I wonder what would happen if I tried to put up some Ten Commandments on the wall at church. And people are like, no, you can't put the Ten Commandments on the wall. The same people say, hey, we got to have the Ten Commandments in the court. How come they have to have them and we can't? <laughs> I wouldn't mind, by the way, to put the Ten Commandments before the people. Uh, I mean, just to have them there because they're so fantastically important for any number of reasons. The chief being that they show us our sin. But the second is that they put everything in this world in order, which is nice. Um, anyway. I I, I remember, I think, I don't know if we ever talked about this on the air or not, but uh, when I was still in Indiana, um, there's like one time or one or two times where I took a little microphone uh, out on college campuses and asking people some questions. And uh, I I was asking this question, what do you think about putting Ten Commandments in uh, the courtrooms? And uh, and (laughs) this one guy goes, no, I don't think they should because, you know, the Ten Commandments don't really have anything to do with the law. So, and I was like... Nothing what? to do with the law. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that oh, makes well. sense. Although it is oh, true, well. we don't have civil laws saying you should not have any other gods, or um, you know, we we don't have a civil law that says you should not commit adultery. Uh, you can you can enter the the the, the bonds of marriage, and uh, uh, and you could also sell your bicycle, and the the sale of your bicycle will be more legally binding than your uh, your holy vows. That's the thing is that um, we have to see that the ten, that the law ought to be informed by the Ten Commandments. Or to, to back it up a step further, we say that there is a structure to this world, what we call natural law, and that that's unfolded in the Ten Commandments, and that our own legal system should reflect that. So it goes from uh, law built into creation to shown to everybody in the Ten Commandments to uh, encoded in our national law. So when the so when the laws of the state, for example, with adultery, makes abortion and uh, adultery and uh, divorce legal, we say, hey, our law is out of sync with nature, and we know that from the Ten Commandments. No, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, give us a call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio, where the points are like a Calvinist without a blog. you've been listening to table talk radio the views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station we would like your feedback on today's show call us toll free 1-800-385-SOLA 
That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.